David Siegel here, your favorite podcast host. Before we get into today's episode, I have something important to share. Check out my new book, Decide and Conquer, to really get to know my story at Meetup. You know, the hardest thing about community leadership is making tough decisions when the stakes are high. And I'll tell you, they were never higher than when Meetup was owned and sold by WeWork. In my new book, Decide and Conquer, I'll walk you through a counterintuitive framework for decision-making, and the epic journey of Meetup's surprising survival. Good leaders deliberate, great leaders decide. Order my book today by visiting decideandconquerbook.com or anywhere books are sold. I think you'll like it. Welcome. Welcome to Keep Connected. I'm David Siegel. In today's podcast, we have David Meltzer. This is someone who has learned the hard way. He is someone who has gained tremendous amounts in his life financially and in other respects, lost so much in life and has learned tremendous amounts from that process. Let's learn from today's podcast from David Meltzer. Welcome, David Meltzer, who I possibly think might be the busiest person alive. Seriously, three-time international best-selling author, top 100 business coach, executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, host of the top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. I don't know. Do you not sleep? (laughs) How do you do it all? And how do you have this drive to be able to want to do it all? It's such a beautiful question. First, I don't believe in busy. Uh, my mom always said, right, ask someone busy to do something if you need it done. And so I take on a point of accessibility. And so by shifting my perspective to how accessible am I to others, it allows me to be more productive and more gracious. And those are things that allow you to be more inspired. And to that end, I hate to get so early in the conversation, but I'm a faith-based person. I believe when people ask me at 54 you know, not that I have extraordinary physical strength or size. How can you have so much energy? How can you outdo so many people in the energy field? I said, that's because I've focused in on clearing that which interferes with my connection to that which is greater than me, that loves me more than my mom. And so I used to think I had to go get healthy, get happy, get wealthy, get worthy. And instead, I realized that I'm part and parcel to that. What am I doing to interfere with it? I expect miracles in my life uh, because of who I am. And then I know that I'll receive those miracles because of who God is. And I know that I'll offer those miracles to others because I'm part of God. And it's a real simple philosophy. Whatever religion you believe in, it applies, by the way. So you don't have to necessarily believe in what I believe or David believes. It's for everyone. You know, the what you said was so beautiful because of the fact that when you're successful, quote unquote, whatever successful actually means, it's very easy to get arrogant. It's very easy to not appreciate um, and, and how lucky we are and to get ego take charge of everything. And it sounds like you use faith as well as a way to just keep you in check a little bit. Um, do you find that um, or do you find yourself at times or have you struggled? And I'll tell you, I have struggled with this personally. Um, with, with with ego and 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 thinking that I am the cause of success versus other things being the cause of success. Is this something that 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 you have struggled with in life or or no? Absolutely. It cost me over a hundred million dollars. And I had to learn those lessons about what I consider the two types of people in the world. Both people in the world, both types of people are ignorant people. There's 
arrogant ignorance that I carried with a lot of ego, which means I know that I don't know what I don't know, but I'm going to pretend that I do. And I always need to be right and offended and separate and inferior and superior and angry and anxious and frustrated and guilty and resentful. Or I learned the lesson through my experiences that I'm ignorant and humble, meaning I know I don't know what I don't know, um, but I know that I'm connected to and through this great source that is omniscient, all-powerful, and all-knowing, and I got to get out of clear that interference so that I can get as much of the good stuff as I can so I can expand and accelerate what I do know so I can help other people with what I do know and share that with the humility. Uh, I had this great interview with Tim Schur, and he talked about the third seat in the Apollo 11. Everybody knows the astronauts, Glenn and, and Armstrong, that walked the moon, but nobody knows Michael Collins. Right? I Mal didn't even know there was a third seat. <laughs> yeah, Michael Collins was the one that orbited 36 times and was the Uber for John Glenn and Neil Armstrong to get on. To, he was the Uber driver. Um, but what's so significant about that is it really represents my life. Um, I've always been the third seat. I, I was CEO of the most notable sports agency. I was partners with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. I'm partners with Marshall Falk today. Um, and yet, you know, I have not lost the appreciation of what other people are dreaming for, right? I, I'm not going to take for granted not only what other people dream of, but what I dream of. And so many times we get into the successful quote unquote experience like you have, and we forget about it. We take it for granted what we have. And it's so important to appreciate what we have. And of course, to ask for more so we can give it all away. And that's been the key to my, what I call radical humility, instead of the ignorant arrogance that got me into big trouble. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of big trouble, you, you know, in Seinfeld, there's an episode where, um, I think Jerry says something like you yada yada the best part and not to say losing a hundred million dollars is the best part. It's probably the worst. It is the best part, part. <laughs> but maybe, Oh, I like that. Maybe it's the best part because of what that did for you. Just give us all a little bit more background. Where were you? What happened and how did that happen? And how is that the quote unquote best part now? Yeah. So I, you know, was blessed to be a millionaire nine months out of law school because I didn't listen to my mom. She told me the internet was a fad. Nobody will ever do research on the internet, but I didn't believe her. Uh, and so I ended up in my first exit of $3.4 billion in 1995, ended up Samsung CEO, and then a multimillionaire running Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment, which not only was I a multimillionaire, but I had access to things that even billionaires could afford to do. Sidelines at the Super Bowl, the cabins at the Masters, et cetera. Well, this was the cause of all the arrogance in my life. And so when I lost everything, over $100 million, I had 33 homes in San Diego, a golf course, a ski mountain, and I had to move into a rented house with rented furniture. I had one car. I had three daughters, beautiful, healthy, gorgeous daughters, under 10, my wife stuck with me, my dream girl from the fourth grade, Man. and she was pregnant with my fourth child, a boy. I literally, it saved my life because I realized at that time what I should have learned at three years old. See, 
my mom was this extraordinary woman. She worked two jobs, raised six kids. All five of my siblings went to the Ivy Leagues, graduated summa cum laude. You know, they are literally a mom's dream. And more importantly, though, you know, through this experience that at three years old, my mom treated everyone like a second grade teacher. Uh, you know, she, oh, sweetheart, never yelled, never hit. I realized I shifted. I did not do anything myself. I realized that I was interfering with my potential and that I had been reaching out all the time, the wrong people, the wrong ideas, right? Lawsuits and friendships exploding and family members explode, all the things, bad health, partying way too much, doing things I should not be doing. And I kept getting hit thinking I was being punished when it was just being promoted and protected. And the final promotion, the final promotion of my life was to take everything away so I had the freedom to start over and do it the right way. And so today I sit in a position where I have more than I've ever had, making more money, helping more people and happier than I've ever been. So David, when good things happen to you now, is it a little bit almost oddly PTSD and that there's a worry that you could end up going back to that same place that you had got to, or are you just quote unquote, such a different mindset, but even the, even a former it's easy to go back to mindsets that you had in the past. So of course, how do you guard yourself from, from, from that? What do you do to guard yourself? Well, first of all, know that it's there. So I'm in a practice of acknowledging, acknowledging, acknowledging and identifying the needs of the ego. I still have a terrible need to be offended. I think it's inherent in my religion and my genetic inheritance to be offended, you know, and it's so easy to be offended when you have a need to be offended. It's amazing what can offend you. Uh, So, but I've learned to identify these ego-based consciousnesses and I make and utilize time a lot in my life to facilitate expansion, growth and acceleration. So I use a stop, drop and roll methodology that says I'm only going to spend minutes and moments in the old David. Right, I'm only going to spend minutes and moments. But I like that. But but if I may, the fact that you don't say I'm going to avoid the old David completely is actually pretty transformative, as opposed to saying I'm going to spend minutes and moments in the old David, because it's kind of a realization that you still are the same human. You're still the same. You still are David Meltzer. You are still the same person, quote unquote. And for you to completely extricate yourself from that is perhaps less valuable than, and then trying to experience it in moments. Yeah. And the faster you get, the better you get and the more you're productive, accessible and gracious. And it's really worked for me. So I have this four step thing. Uh, Number one, identify the ego-based consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then the second step that's critical to that transformation is instead of resisting it, going over it, under it, through it, lying to it, cheating it, manipulating it, which we do with these ego-based consciousness, I simply stop. See, this is where the faith comes in. I surrender, I stop, I breathe through my nose and out through my mouth until I get to center, to neutral, to a clear connection with that which is more powerful than me. When I get inspired again, this is where the energy really comes because I don't waste energy in accelerated movement toward trajectory I don't want or what's missing or what other people want for me, which the ego loves to grab onto. I simply get to peace, to center, and then I remind remember and recollect, all indicative of a higher source. Reminding, because the difference between the brain and the mind, remind, remember, what are you remembering to? What are you a member of? And recollecting, what am I collecting? That's right, the higher power, the higher source, my higher self. So what do I do? 
if I identify, and I've listed them out, right? The need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, you know, worrying and complaining are duplicative negatives. When you worry and complain, not only are you creating interference between you and your source, not only creating interference between being a resource and a source, but more importantly, you're wishing for what you don't want. I'm not honestly deeply familiar with AA, but I know the superficial areas of it. Sure. It seems like there's there's uh, there's opportunities for learning around that, correct or, it's, or it's, not correct? Yeah, it's amazing. So, you know, I, I never went into AA myself. I had absolutely a drinking problem and a drug problem. But Lee Steinberg is an admitted alcoholic. More importantly, I was born in Akron, Ohio, and Lee and I represented and marketed the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is in Canton. When yes. we went to the Hall of Fame, because we had several clients being inducted, we went into a meeting and to the, the inception of the 12 steps where Bob and Bob, who were a block and a half from my grandparents' house in Akron, Ohio. I lived in Akron, Ohio, blocks away from where they started AA, and I never knew it until I was in my 40s with Lee Steinberg, and we went and visited the birthplace of AA. So absolutely, the 12 steps have a great influence and impact on what I believe, and I've tried to make it like I have religion, more to the masses to unify more people with the ability to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential. You know, I love that because genius at times for me, for me, isn't complete innovation from zero to something. It's actually taking concepts from other areas and figuring out how to apply them potentially to much bigger, more impactful audiences. And, and I think you pulled from a whole lot of different areas to build, you know, what you have. Community is a big part of AA. Community is an enormous part of what you do. How important is community, you know, and, and why? Share a little bit about that, please. Yeah, let me talk about community in a different way. I believe community is about sponsorship and power sponsorship. And in order to have sponsorship and power sponsorship in your life, you need to find people with open minds. What is power sponsorship? Explain yeah, that so, yeah, great question. So first, a sponsorship person in your life is someone that knows someone that can help you. Okay. A power sponsorship is someone that can help you themselves and they know people to help you. And so my whole community is based upon surrounding myself that people that feed me. People that feed me are people that have open minds. People who have open minds have open hearts. They have open hands. They become sponsors and power sponsors. But even more importantly, they surround themselves with open minds, open hearts, and open hands. So you get this exponentiality. In fact, when I started my brand five Super Bowls ago with Gary Vaynerchuk, I was trying to help him with his sports agency. And he told me that he loved my book and that I should build a community online. And I said, look, I'm a middle-aged mutant turtle. Nobody's going to want to see me on Instagram. And he said, David, trust me. And then he said, I'll help you. What's your goal and what's your budget for your first year? I said, look, I will spend a million dollars to build a community. Wow. And he said, well, how many followers do you want? I said, I don't want followers. That, that's not who Dave, I am an intelligent follower. I don't want followers. I'm an intelligent follower. And what I do want is sponsorship and power sponsorship. He said, well, how many? I said, I'd really like two, just two. And he said, you're kidding, right? I said, oh no, because I was 50 years old at the time. I said, by the time 
I'm 70, I will be the most powerful, influential 70-year-old on Instagram. And he said, how do you figure? I said, do the math. The way power sponsorship and sponsorship work. Yeah, two, two to the 20th hour is a pretty large number. Yeah, it's over 2 million. And that's at, <laughs> wow. that's at two people a year. That's at two people a year. I've been able to accelerate it just like your company with Meetup is a sponsorship and power sponsorship community. That's why when I saw you and your shirt and your company, I said, holy moly, somebody has figured out to do what I do at an exponential rate and already has like 36 million people. They're all open-minded, open-hearted, and open-handed people. And this is where the world's going to be impacted most through this type of community. But I am glad I was wearing a meetup shirt when I met you. That's all I have to say. Because you know the swag stuff we all get, or SHIT we all get, <laughs> clearly, clearly works. Um, the, the concept of how good people like you attract other good people around them is something that's just really a powerful part of community. And by the way, the opposite occurs, as we all know. Bad people, and you might have had that in your life as well, attract other bad people around them, and it's this continuous loop. So how how do you know if a community that you're in is like that good community that's attracting these good people around you? How do you identify that? And how do you identify the opposite? Because, you know, you are a sum total oftentimes of the people you surround yourself by. They say, look at your five closest friends. That's you, right? So any any advice around that? I give this advice all the time to my three daughters, especially because mm. they're 23, 20, and 18. Um, prime, prime partying years. Prime yeah. partying years, yes. It, it, I, I think it's easy. You know, I, I have a great chain of feeding and it's based on feeling. And so if somebody is feeding me, I'm going to feel good. And if somebody is bleeding me, emotionally especially, I'm going to feel bad. Now, here's the tricky thing where people get uh, confused. There is light, love, and lessons in everyone and everything. But we have to be pragmatic and reconcile time. Meaning, you have to know yourself well enough to say, is it worth my time to spend to find the light, the love, and the lessons in this person, in this group, in this situation, event, or even food. You know, I know if I spent enough time, I could learn to love certain foods, but there's certain foods I walk by a stand that I've never had, and it makes me feel really hungry and good. Like, wow, that's the lit. How do I know? The same thing with people. Mm. And so I have this great chain of feeding that I quickly assess at what level does someone feed me and is it worth the time to feed them? And I'm very clear, I will allow people that bleed me, including family members, to fall away and even fire people from my life that truly have negative intention to bleed me or are unintentionally so messed up that I don't wanna be around that because you will take on the frequency and energy, especially of the people that you most frequent. And that's why they call it frequency including your bank account, by the way. You look at those five people you surround and spend the most time with, your bank account's going to equal the average of the five almost all the time. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I have to I have to check out who those people are and, and find some wealthier <laughs> friends, perhaps. Just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> so when you're meeting people and you have to say no to someone, because it sounds like you're able to do that. Actually, I have two parts to this. One is the no, and one is I need to separate. You started talking about there are people in your life, could be close friends, could be even family members, 
and you have to, I don't know, fire them or you have to separate from them without names, obviously. Could you give me like an example? And I'm most interested in what you said and how you said it. And was it effective? Because I personally struggle with that because I like to be liked perhaps too often. And I'll be like, you know, what's the big deal? You know, they'll call me two or three times a year. I try to help them out. Not a big deal. But you, you, it sounds like you've had that breakup, quote unquote, conversation with people. How has that gone? Has it ever turned around? Share the show us a little more. And a concrete example would be great. Absolutely. So one, falling away is easier today than ever. Letting someone fall away is what you just described. Look, there's so much outside information now. You know, it's not like we live in these little towns of Knoxville, Indiana, and it's very obvious that you're not showing up. <laughs> right? right. There's so there's so many things, including COVID, that can I mean, trust me, following away is easy, but yes. Firing people from your life, and I'm going right. to be very people specific. ghost all the time, but people aren't directly um, not firing. Correct. So tell me about that. Tell yeah, us about that, that and that is something that changed my life. So my wife, two years before I lost everything, recognized that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, paying attention and intention to my family, my work, and I was partying way too much. So she told me she was leaving me. She told me I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become, or I would be dead. When I told her and, you know, when I realized I was ready to hear this, which initially I wasn't, (laughs) when I realized it, I told her, what can I do? Because you're everything to me. My girls are everything. I, I, you are right. I'm going to work on this. And the first thing she said is you need to fire these three people from your life. Wow. Wow. And this was my first experience because I'm a person, a pleaser. I want everyone to love me at that. Yeah, of course. Right. I don't want everyone to love me now. In fact, I tell people all the time, I'd rather you not like me for who I am than love me for who I'm not Hmm. every day of the week. So this is how I did it. I went to these three friends, two of them I've known since elementary school. And I said, X, (laughs) no name. Uh, I am not going to be able to be around you or speak with you or meet with you or be with you anymore. I don't like myself when I'm with you. This has nothing to do with you, nothing at all to do with you. It's about perception, not reality, which is important. This is about me and I'm not happy about who I am and the choices I make when I'm with you. And you're such an important person in my life. And I love and respect you so much that you have a great influence on me that I don't like me when I'm with you and what I'm doing, I'm going to have to part ways. Just know that I love you. I appreciate you. And I pray for your happiness. Wow. And okay, what did X say? What, what were the different X reactions? Cause you said to this three so times. All three of them ended up uh, telling me that this was also a critical place in their life hmm. that all three went to rehab. All three came back to me um, and asked me for forgiveness. And I said, I, that's not what I'm about. And they said, can I ask, can I talk to your wife? Mm-hmm. Now, my wife has not worked through this as well as me. And she does not want to talk to them. And I'm not allowed. Uh, I've been married 16 more years since then. And I, my joy of my life is how strong that, that marriage well, is. You have to prioritize. That's it. And whether yeah, it's, I think one imp- important thing is in, in, in love and relationships, it's not about what's logical or illogical. Because- are they really going to have a detrimental impact on you right now? The Dave Meltzer you are today? No. Right. It's, it's about, it's about just understanding the person that you love and that you're prioritizing and doing what's the right thing by them. Um, and, and appreciating that that's the reason. 
Yeah, I do many things because I love my mom. There's so many things that are important to my mom that are not important to me, mm-hmm. but it's important to me to my, to let my mom know what's important to her is important to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I stand with my wife. Now, here's the cool thing about doing it. Once you fire, see, you fire people that have been here for a long time. You're just not going to ever have to fire anyone when you're to the point where I'm at because you're not going to allow someone that bleeds you to get to that point in your life, right? You, I, I stay away from it so early on right. now. It's, this is why these friends were there since elementary school. They were long friends. That's why they had so much influence on me. I, it, I've never had to fire anyone from you know my personal life. Now, in business, it's also helped me, right? Because I've actually taken the approach, and Gary uh, Vaynerchuk taught me this, right? Fire fast. Yes. And just let people know, hey, this isn't, I, 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 this isn't a good situation for you. How can I help you find a better situation? And I spend more time, you know, off. And you're doing them. A, you're doing them a favor. You're doing them a serious favor by doing oh, that. And they here's my favorite story about that. Yeah, I had to fire my my office manager, and I adored her, but it wasn't a good fit. Okay, I adored her, and she was very upset with me and didn't talk to me for a year. She left crying, told me I was unfair, and she hated me. She learned through what happened and found this great position. I was right, right? Better position, a better place. She was promoted and protected. She actually, we were so close, I officiated her wedding. Wow. I mean, that is, okay, that is way more amazing than the story I'm about to share. But a a similar related story is when I had joined Meetup, there were a, a number of people who were working on projects that were not just adding value, but they were actually subtracting value because they were t- taking up a lot of time and resources that uh, from things that were more important. And, and I had to shut down a couple of, of business areas. And I remember there were two people that came into my office afterwards and, and we had to let go of 30 or 40 people. And they walked in and they both gave me a hug. And they said, David, you are absolutely right for ending this area, ending this area that I work in, because you know what? It wasn't helping meet up. It was a distraction for meet up. Both those people I stayed in touch with. One of them, I gave uh, references for the, for her to go back to school and to get a master's degree and something that she's just so passionate about right now. And, and, you know, you don't know at the time, whether you're doing someone a favor or not, you know, it, it's about understanding that when the rip the bandaid off, it's very painful, but, but sometimes it, it can help. And clearly you appreciate that. Yeah, that's the protection and promotion side for everyone. And both you and I have had experiences that either ourselves or our kids, you know, don't get into where they want to be into or, and it's difficult to, to say, but I, I, one of great example, I went to Tulane Law School, but I wanted to go to Stanford and they rejected me for undergrad, rightfully enough, but I was a close call for law school. You know, I, I had all, I was right there and they rejected me. Um, but I will tell you today, uh, you know, not only would I, I had to borrow $100,000 to go to law school, I, I would not accept a Stanford scholarship to their law school over having to pay $100,000 to go to Tulane. That's how much of a promotion it was in my life mm-hmm. for the perfect fit. Uh, and even more uh, ironic is, you know, they'll pay me to speak at Stanford or beg me to speak there now. So who, you know, how it all ends up is protection and promotion. It's beautiful. I love it. Okay, I got to hit a little bit on because when you go to different cities and you have to refresh, you will have meetup events. Yeah, before I met you. <laughs> before we met. Before we met. And and I just love what you do. So can you just walk through a little bit? 
what when you go to a different city, when you're speaking at a place, when you're in South by Southwest, which is where where we met, or when you came back to in Manhattan, where we where we met a second time, um, how have you used Meetup, and how has has these Meetup um, groups, you know, really really helped helped you personally? So I couldn't believe it when there was a company that did what I've been doing for years. I travel to over 200 cities uh, a year, and my mission is to empower others to be happy, to make money, help people, and have fun. And so as the community in travel coordinated, I would just invite people because so many people are like, can I sit down and you take a coffee? You know, can I meet you? And I very, very rarely, you got to be a very special person to meet me for coffee. <laughs> I feel special right now. I, I got I got to talk to David. But I keep it to 20 minutes regardless. Anyway, so I aggregated all the requests when I come to city and said, hey, let's meet up. And two things happened. One, I learned what people were listening for. And two, I helped people not only with the answers that I had from the situational knowledge and dummy tax, but I also saw a networking component that I didn't expect. And oh. then everyone gave me credit for the meetup that all of a sudden they're like, oh, I met Joseph from Harlem Standard at, at your meetup, man, and we're doing millions of dollars of business. Then I started coming up with the overlap agreement saying, hold on a second, don't forget Uncle Dave here. I put us together, I'll get 10% of the goodies, right? And I've actually made almost eight figures a year now from creating business and helping other people by simply creating not a legal binding agreement. I call it a memorialization of, hey, anybody you meet here from these introductions, I'd like 10% for the for the intro if possible. And it's open, but not signed, but it's just a memorialization. And people are so happy to pay me even. It's been amazing. And people are honest. Like yeah. they could get away with you having no idea. People could just not tell you about what they built and and you wouldn't be any the wiser. But when you're around good people, you learn to trust those people and then good things ultimately happen. Okay. David, we have a segment called Rapid Fire, which is just learning some little more details. We have three or four questions. Here we go. First time you saw yourself as a leader. In football, in college, I was defensive captain uh, in college, first time. You could access a time machine. Go anywhere in the world, at any time in the world. Where are you going? Last Supper. Oh, Wow. Okay. What are you eating? <laughs> Something cozier. <laughs> <laughs> what are you asking them at the Last Supper? Oh, I'm asking uh, Jesus himself uh, a, a whole bunch of questions. Number one, are you real? <laughs> and where are you going? And where have you come from? You know, just as many questions, open-ended questions as I can to learn yeah. more. Name one thing on your bucket list. You, you know, for me, I just got one, which was taking my 12-year-old son to the master's. And oh. so it's taking my entire family uh, to a sporting event. I don't know which one it's going to be that all of them, all the girls and my son would enjoy to take one sport. I, I don't know what it is yet, but there has to be one out there that I can spend a weekend only with my family, without my phone, without the internet, like you do at the masters, but all of them enjoy it as much as my 12 year old enjoy it. Best three hours of my life. Last question. What do you want to be remembered by David? Kindness, simple kindness chokes me up. What do you remember about Dave Meltzer? And they said kindness, and that's all I ask. I think that um, people would say that about you today, 
People will say that about you in decades. And God willing, in 100 years from now, your great, great, great grandchildren will will be knowing and saying the same thing and hearing about great, great, great grandpa David uh, and, and, and how much kindness he brought. That's my hope and my blessing. Thank you for all your help with that as well. So it's been an honor to be here and I look forward to doing so much more with Meetup. It's inherent in my nature. <laughs> Thank you again, David. Have a good rest of the day. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast with David Meltzer. It is not often that you get to sit down with someone who lost $100 million. And it's probably even less often that you sit down with someone who lost $100 million and is so grateful that he did. David's focus on appreciation, on gratitude, on humility, the concept of reminding, remembering, and recollecting in order to figure out how to be your best self. Really poignant words from an incredible person. If you enjoyed today, subscribe, leave a review, check out my new book, Decide and Conquer. And remember, let's keep connected because life is better together. For more information about Meetup, head to the Community Matters blog at meetup.com slash blog. You'll find exclusive content featuring inspirational stories for Meetup organizers and attendees. Gain valuable insights and tips about starting your own community as a Meetup organizer and learn more about the latest Meetup features as they come out. So go to meetup.com slash blog for more.